And this Go. ball in the air, deep right center Go. field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, he'll watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. And Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code DNVR20 because when you do, will you save 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And on this episode, we continue Hall of Fame week in actually a way really we we could not have anticipated here. We're going to do some of what we had scheduled with it being Free Trade Friday thing we do here on the podcast. We talk about trades a lot. We thought it would be interesting to go over some Hall of Fame trades, some of the ones you guys have sent in. We'll We'll do our best to get as much of that in as possible. But of course, we have to spend time today talking about another baseball legend who has left us, Patrick, and and really a, a Hall of Famer among Hall of Famers, somebody who is on the very short list of people who could be considered maybe arguably the greatest player of all time, depending on the kind of context you want to put it on. I mean, there's you could say maybe there's 15 or 20 guys who could make that claim, but he's one of them. Hank Aaron passes away today. The home run king, the true home run king in my mind, and we don't have to make a big thing about that, but obviously uh, the, the man known for breaking Babe Ruth's home run record and just so many other accolades throughout his career, known as one of the greats on and off the field. Patrick, when you hear the name Hank Aaron, what comes to mind? The word perfection comes to mind, and that that's not fair to put on anybody, but just seems like a flawless human being, flawless ball player in so many ways. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't think I'd be quoting Austin powers this morning when, uh, when, when I was getting ready for the podcast, but you know, I'd gotten some, some bad news and there's just been a lot of, a lot of death in, in, in my world and all of our worlds, obviously. And, and as soon as the word came out early this morning about Hank Aaron. I just thought, and I'm spent. Like I, I I'm just really at a loss for words. And I, I want to tribute the man. And and I, I didn't really look up too much. I didn't read all the articles that are coming out. I will. I'll, I'll, I will get to it. Same. When I'm kind of in a, you know, just a better headspace because yeah. it's just it's so painful to lose these legends at any time. And for the fact that we're now at we're now at ten since the beginning of last year, seven in, in 2020. We already have three more this year, the second one this week, the right. third one this month. And it, it's, it's been a lot. And, and, you know, Hank Aaron, it's, 
you know, so much can be said about about this man, and especially at a, at a time when there's so much still going on in civil rights and and what he's had to deal with o- over the course of his career. And certainly, you know, as you said, you know, one of one of the greats as far as baseball players go. And maybe he might fall slightly short on some metrics, but he's still in that top ten. And as far as what he was able to do for civil rights, well, he wasn't Jackie Robinson. Maybe he didn't do as many things as uh, Roberto Clemente, but he's certainly up there in the top 10. And so when you kind of couple all of those things together, there's no doubt that you can't say he's just one of the greatest human beings to ever grace the, the sport that we love. Yeah, I do want to get into a couple of the numbers that that jump out at me. But since you mentioned that, I do think it's important on this day that we remember, uh, you know, there's been a lot of retroactive history, a lot of convenient history surrounding people like Jackie Robinson and Frank Robinson and Hank Aaron. And we look back on that footage of him breaking the home run record, one of the most famous pieces of footage in the history of sport worldwide. Those two guys coming running on the diamond halfway between second and third as he's rounding the bases just to shake his hand. And you didn't know. And you didn't know until they shook his hand. And and this is something that I think, you know, we've talked about it a lot lately because we've had to, but it, it would be convenient to say it. And we talk about it with Jackie Robinson's story in the movie and the way we glorify and say, look at the way they were able to just power through that as if these guys wouldn't be activists at the head of black lives matter today with everything that's going on, that it was that important to them. And we often kind of let ourselves off the hook or pat ourselves on the back when we say, and look, he was able to do it anyway, and look at the two white guys shaking his hand. Death threats were sent to this man in pursuit of this thing. And, you know, we look at when Barry Bonds then goes and breaks the record, and there was timidity about that. There was hesitation from people like me, but there wasn't an air of just disgusting, ugly, horrible humanity gurgling underneath it and there was for this moment and so he didn't just overcome that he fought it he fought against it and continued to long after he put down the bat he did it's one of the reasons why in 2002 he was awarded with the presidential medal of freedom because of of what it that represented they and all of the hand those out <laughs> no they don't no they don't so good good on George W Bush for for giving that award in, in 2002 and and for Hank Aaron for you know rallying against those those racist threats against you know people who probably couldn't tell you what Babe Ruth's real name is he was not his, his christened name is not Babe yet these people call him Babe yeah but but there are people still in this world that would just look and say, well, that's a black man beating a, a white man's record, uh, regardless of what evidence they have of, oh, yeah, well, there's more games, and so that's not fair, and this is – no, no, no. It's, it's, it's all fair. You know, when – in fact, when Hank Aaron came up, he, he played in, in, you know, the final years of the Negro League. Right. So say what you will about being fair. Babe Ruth did not have to play against the greats 
the, the, the all-time greatest ball players of his generation. He only simply played against the greatest white ball players right. of his generation. So, you know, all's fair and, and, and loving home runs and, and Hank Aaron deserves that record. And yeah, it really is a shame to think that he, he doesn't hold that record anymore because of someone who, you know, uh, for nefarious reasons. Yeah. You know, you <laughs> know cheated, cheated the history of the game. No, yeah, no doubt about certainly. it. Right. And, and again, it's like, like master Tater said here, you know, Vin Scull, Vin Scully's call of that home run because it was a great home run. It meant so much that he said to baseball, to the country, to the world. Barry Bonds breaking the home run record meant a whole lot for Barry Bonds and for Giants fans and for some baseball fans. That's about that's it. it, yeah. And that's really it. And so, yeah, it, it is kind of a bummer because it's like the, it, it was a it, it's a moment in American history. Just like Jackie Robinson taking his first step out on the dugout, Hank Aaron breaking that home run record held by a great white icon and the tumult that it caused um, and the healing that came after it and more that still needs to be done. It's all a part of the story. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's important that we talk about that stuff today because you can't, I, I find a lot, uh, you cannot lionize someone correctly and not talk about what they stood for in their life and not understand that their trials and tribulations aren't lessons for us to learn in a movie and say, well, glad we learned that glad it's over. We are, we need to still continue. That's how you honor the legacy of Hank Aaron is you continue to fight for what he fought for. I had an opportunity to meet Hank Aaron once and Mm. it, in it, it didn't quite happen. Unfortunately, it it was at, it was in Atlantic city for a 3000 hit. Uh, signing and there was all these you know great Hall of Famers there. Got to meet a bunch. Uh, Tony Gwynn politely asked me to, to get out of his way. I, I just heard this high pitched voice behind me, and I, I didn't know who it was. And I go, I know that voice. How do I know a random human being's voice? And I look back, and there was Tony just kind of walking through the casino, going to the table, and you know got to shake you know Wade Boggs' hand. He had, of course, he had his 1996 World Series ring on from the Yankees, and we were all ready to go. We Hank Aaron was the top guy on our on our wish list that year in, in 1999, and this was in October. And then they made the announcement that Mr. Aaron had to leave to go throw out the first pitch and be at uh, the Atlanta Yankees uh, World Series game, and that was it. And that was that was my one opportunity. That even then, at that time, you just never know if you're going to get another opportunity to cross paths with greatness and. Yeah, the man was just legendary. Still holds the record for RBI, which, in his day, right. and and in and in you know pretty much up until probably you know the last five ten years, I think if you ask most ball players when they talk about what their job is, it's it's to drive in runs, it's to score runs. That's how you you win a game by scoring more runs. Well, you score runs by driving them in, or you know creating mayhem on the base pass, or putting the ball in play, and so. The one of the largest indicators for guys back then were, was RBI, and if you draw a walk with a runner on second base, you you didn't do your job. You didn't advance that runner over to, right. to even third base, and something that Hank Aaron, you know, still talked about uh, up until you know this past year. I saw an interview where he's just so proud of of not striking out as much um, as he did. Just never had high strikeout numbers. Always put the ball in play because he knew that was going to give 
his team the best opportunity to score runs and and to get on base. And it wasn't about hitting home runs. Drew Goodman on on Wednesday pointed out it's right. crazy to think, you know, oh, for no. seven hundred plus home runs, never hit fifty or more, and only hit no. forty. I think a uh, maybe about five times, four, something like four, that. Five times, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's mm. it's it's amazing. I, I don't know how there's never been a, a Hank Aaron story. I, there there was, I think, a made for TV movie in like the eighties, yeah. perhaps, it's but well past time. We we know and yeah. and, you, and you already kind of explained it here what Jackie Robinson meant to baseball. But when you think about baseball, you think of home runs. Like that's that's baseball. Like when you think about the one play in baseball, you don't think about a pitcher throwing a, a baseball past a guy because that happens, you know, almost every other pitch right. you know, at, at any time of, of the game's history. Right. That's the whole point. But it's the it's the the sexiness, if you will, of a home run and just hitting the ball so far, nobody can catch it. You can't do anything about that. Right. And and so for that home run to be the symbol of the game, and for Hank Aaron to have not only broken the record but to have broken Babe Ruth's record, the symbol of baseball, the really the symbol of American sports up until the point that, you know, maybe Muhammad Ali, Michael Jordan came along, these these iconic figures. And so for Aaron to do that, it's it's such an amazing story. And I, and I think it, it's a shame that it's it might take his passing for people to realize that, you know, there, there should be at least a, a full-length film on that very easily on on his life and what he was able to do that season yeah there there really absolutely should be it it's just it writes itself man come on hollywood how have you not gotten on this um you, you mentioned there of course so we all know the home runs the 755 career home runs which set the mark for so long and as you mentioned him being the all-time leader in rbi there's one other statistic in which he is the all-time leader in professional baseball and i love this one patrick because we talk a lot. Again, it's, uh, it's one of my favorite things is getting really deep into the nitty gritty about, you know, we, we break down war and then OPS plus and then how it gets wonky on the road. So adjust it by this amount and then, oh, it's not taking into account this thing. And we get we just pile in layer on top of layer on top of layer. And then there's a stat like total bases. What is your job as an offensive player? Progress. It's like it's like asking the basic fundamental of like a football player. If you're on offense. What are you trying to do? Let's go forward. I'm trying to gain yards. So if you're the guy who gained the most yards in the history of the NFL, then you did the fundamental job of an offensive NFL player, I think, as well as anybody can argue. And Will, I love this stat because we also measure, you know, bases in 90 feet. We're, we're very, we're very into our measurements here in the game of baseball. And so Hank Aaron and Stan Musial are one and two in career total bases. But Aaron is more than 12 miles <laughs> ahead of Stan Musial. I think it's 800-something. I'm sure he'd have the number for us if he could find it. But he's not just the leader in total bases. And that really does give you the – like you said, it's not just about the home runs. All those doubles, a handful of triples here and there. Singles are good too. Hey, if guys walk them, he's going to take that. Any way he could get them, he was taking them. And he took more 90 feet by 90 feet than anybody else in the history of our game by a comfortable margin. He also has another record that I think will will never be broken. This one won't be broken for numerous reasons. And that is... That won't be broken. I love this. So he made the All-Star team 21 oh, consecutive years. 
So that's hard enough. Years. That's not going to be broken either. Yeah, that'll be hard. But you go, eh, not impossible. Well, what about if I told you he played in 25 all-star games? So he 21 consecutive years, but in 25 games. So there were some years where they played more than one wow. all-star game for different right. fundraisers, things of that nature. We know that will never happen again. So even just by that metric of, of games played in, in, you know, for the all-star game, that won't be, man, that'll be almost an impossibility to be broken as well. Cause you're totally. only play one, one a year going yeah. forward. And that's yeah. really not going to change. Nope. And, and then, yeah, that's not going to happen. Uh, yeah. The stat that if you take out all 755 of his home runs, you know, the thing he's most known for, you get rid of every single one of them. Yeah. He's still a 3,000 hit guy. He still probably gets in the Hall of Fame on account of him getting 3,000 hits in his career if he took away his best attribute. That, yeah. How that's... many players in baseball can you say that about? Take away the best element of their game and they're still Hall of Famers. Well, Pete Rose, if you took away yeah. the best element of his game, gambling, hey, he actually yeah. would be, which is ironic. <laughs> but we're saying Hall of Famer before, Hall of Famer also after. So you That's know what? On a technicality, stuff. Pete Rose is not in that group. Oh, man. One one more for you, Patrick, here. Uh, and I just – I don't even know. Like at some point, th this starts to lose a certain amount of whatever. But Baseball Reference has his career war at – 143.1 that's a wow. hundred points higher than some guys who are in the hall of fame like you you put up a 50 career war you're you're you know these days in in borderline hall of fame territory that's the jeff kent sort of area that we've talked about before right so to have almost a hundred points to be an Albert Pujols better than, <laughs> than that. like that doesn't even compute. How is 143 career war even possible? How how did nine people not vote for him in the Hall of Fame? <laughs> what happened there? Nine uh, people in 1982. Guess. You probably could. Yeah, yeah. Finished nine shy, but still 97.8 percent yeah. at a point in which you know they're. That that was that was a almost a non-story. Now, well, I think I think the percentage is becoming more of a non-story now that we finally have Mariano having gotten a hundred percent, and it's like, oh, hey, will somebody get it? Okay, someone has. Now we don't really have to worry about it. Like again, as a Yankee fan growing up watching Derek Jeter, one guy didn't vote for Derek Jeter. You know how I felt about it. All right, okay, like I don't. Okay. That, yeah. That's it. Uh, but nine people not voting Frank Aaron is is kind of blasphemous that it makes yeah. no sense whatsoever 143 career war that's not real so i what think are, now we're i think we're now down to we're down to 72 living hall of famers um oddly enough uh one of his closest allies or closest friends really uh bud selig is now at the fourth oldest hall of famer mm. bud selig often said like oh man i can't believe that uh you know a uh, uh, a poor African-American from Alabama became the home run king and, uh, and a, a, a Jewish business owner from Milwaukee became the commissioner of baseball. Right. You know, that was his guy. Like we, we think of Hank Aaron as being a brave, uh, as a member of the Braves, but 
a majority of his career was played in Milwaukee. It's why his, his final two seasons, he actually played with the Milwaukee Brewers, uh, who were in the American League at that time, so he was a DH. But a majority of his career was uh, in Milwaukee, even won a World Series, I think, in 1953. Uh, his only one at the age of 23. And if you just said, oh, man, you're going to be one of the greatest players of all time, you go, well, obviously, this guy's going to win a couple more World Series. No, nope, that was it. One and done. Yeah. So he is seventh all-time in career baseball reference war, seventh place, behind, uh, just behind Ty Cobb, Willie Mays, Barry Bonds, Cy Young, Walter Johnson, and Babe Ruth. Ahead of Tris Speaker, Honus Wagner, Stan Musial, Rogers Hornsby, Ted Williams. Yeah, all that's, that's the top 1%. Yeah. According, to, according to Jaws, he's behind... Ruth again, as you just said in war, but uh, for Jaws too, he's number two. But shift him over to left field; he's he's the best left fielder of all time. So it of all time, doesn't matter. It's uh, it's just just an amazing career. Yeah. yeah, it's an interesting thing. Yeah, if you if you're fielding your all time, you're out at the the field of dreams, right? And we've got two teams going <laughs> against each other, and we can choose everybody in the history of the game, and they're all lined up, and the captains are choosing the first left fielder taken can be Hank Aaron. Also, uh, fun fact is, um, if, if we're allowed that on a day like today, unfortunately or not, but uh, Hank Aaron, he and his brother uh, Tommy Aaron have the most home runs of, of any you know brother duo. Uh, Seven fifty five right. for Hank Aaron and Tommy, three something like that. Yeah. But it's still most. It's still it's most. Limited. And also, um, only uh, two players have the same first and middle name. Of, of all 333 Hall of Famers. That would be Henry Lewis Aaron and Henry Lewis Gehrig. Well, there you go, man. Yeah. So if you want your kid to be a Hall of Famer, name him Henry Lewis, I guess. See, now, now we know. We got we to ask if our guy, Henry, a.k.a. Hank, if his middle name is Lewis, in. that could be a check game in changer. On that. We might have to get him there at spring <laughs> training and check in, but... Uh, Hey, yeah, so we, we do, we toast our Breck Brews on this day. Mighty, hearty, full toast to Hank Aaron, uh, to anybody who got to see him play live, who appreciated and, and enjoyed him, and, and most importantly, stood with him during his time and, and, and everything that he had to go through because uh, it wasn't just a sports thing that happened. And it's, it, yeah, one of the best players, one of the best men, to ever play this great game that we all love. And so toast your Breck brews to them. Also, while you're doing the Breck brew, I highly recommend you head over to msudenver.edu slash online. I always like to study with a slight buzz. You know, you get your studies in. Yeah, you're learning a lot because they've got all kinds of great stuff for you. They're super responsive teachers, all kinds of courses, whether you're starting a new degree, finishing up an old one, you just want to learn an extra skill. You got to go to the experts in digital education over there at msu.edu/online. And one of the things that they will teach you there is how to make sure that you're taking care of all the stuff in your life, including your mortgage, 
which you can get taken care of by our friends over at Chevalier. You know they are the protectors of the realm. Chevalier is French for night. They couldn't possibly go wrong by you. The Knights of the Realm will stand with you the entire way to make sure that the loan process, this home buying situation is nowhere near as stressful as it could be. In fact, now's a really good time to be looking around at the market. Trust me, I know. And so if you want a free consultation, well, all you got to do is go to dnvrmortgage.com, sign up there, you enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice, and most importantly, you get hooked up with that free consultation so that you can discuss all of your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. You can also call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578. Also, Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006, and Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. All right. Let's do... Let's go ahead and talk about, uh, let's do something fun, since that was, you know, we, we all need a deep breath. It's, it, it's just, it's tough to say goodbye. And so we were going to talk about some of these Hall of Fame trades, Patrick. And, and these are really things where you go back in hindsight and go, I'm sorry, what happened now? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, believe it or not, you know, some of those trades that get made where, you know, you send a prospect over cause parades are, you know, prospects are cool. Parades are cooler. Thanks Casey Stern. But sometimes they don't work out. You don't win the pennant or you don't win the world series. And that prospect goes on to become someone like John Smoltz, who was right. traded for Doyle Alexander and, you know, Smoltz could have been a Detroit tiger, but as it were, he goes down in the Hall of Fame uh, as a great starting pitcher and closer with Atlanta. Same right. thing for uh, Jeff Bagwell, who was, uh, I think he went to the University of Connecticut. I, I know he's kind of from that tri-state area in, in New England. And Boston had him. And nope, they needed uh, Larry Anderson, who, great guy, but uh, didn't get the job done there in, in Boston. And so the Houston Astros pick up a future Hall of Famer in Jeff Bagwell. Yeah, that is the worst case scenario. That is the worst thing because you can't, you know, as great as some prospects are, you can't guarantee they're going to be future Hall of Famers. Even Fernando Tatis, like right. we did our we did our draft. Go back and listen to Tuesday's show, and yet uh, nobody picked Fernando Tatis because like sixty games into stardom. Yeah, two two years or or, or yeah, shortened season last year, year and a half, and you go. Okay, this guy can bring it on a major league level, but we—he's got a whole career. He still needs to fill out. So yeah, imagine if you're just a prospect. Carlos Gonzalez's career, you would have thought this guy's going to be a Hall of Famer. And we're talking ridiculous, but we're talking about before that. We're talking yeah. about the guy hasn't even made his debut, right? To even go, hey, is he going to be able to hit that curveball? And is he going to go the opposite way? What happened? Right. The big league pitchers adjust to right. it. They totally. haven't even gotten that taste yet, and then right. they go on. To, to a, a Cooperstown type career that yeah. is painful so yeah you mentioned the the Jeff Bagwell Larry Anderson one there are there are a few pretty strange ones on there I was, I was trying to see if we had our graphic yet for tip of the cap WTF I don't think we've got it going just yet I was, it just occurred to me it's like maybe could have done a few tip of the cap WTFs on these because I think a WTF trade for sure right here uh, between the Tigers and Yankees in 2008, Stat Boy uh, Noah started us off with this one. The Tigers get 
Kyle Farnsworth, the Yankees get Padre Rodriguez. <laughs> it's like, wait, why is this happening at all? Now, not it's not in the middle of like Pudge's prime or anything like that. But when you look back on the the trades of Hall of Famers and you look at these two names and you're like, no way. Like like if somebody just put this straight up to you, be like, you kind of remember Kyle Farnsworth, like uh, relief pitcher who like, kind of talked a lot of trash. I I kind of remember that guy. I didn't he get in a fight. When there was a big fight with somebody. And he took him out. And like usually pitchers don't get the best end of that. And that's the only thing I remember Kyle Farnsworth for. And Pudge is maybe the greatest pe- catcher of a generation. <laughs> like, oh, uh, undoubtedly. Yeah, he, he bounced around there towards the end of his career a little bit. And Houston, he was with the Nationals. He actually finished up his career with the Nationals, which is weird. So, yeah, when, when you think about the all-time greatest Yankees, uh, well, all right. I guess Pudge Rodriguez is one of those guys. That's it's it's a very obscure one. Again, that's another <laughs> right, like the bar bet you're going to win. Rockies, yeah, right. Because uh, I, I had totally forgot that Pudge was ever a Yankee. Kind of like Matt Holiday. I'm sure one day I'll go. Oh, right, that happened. You know, for now it's it's still there. Yeah, the uh, the, the uh, next two you're going to get to on the list uh, again involves a Hall of Famer, but in a few years' time. It could be a Hall of Famer for Hall of Famer, which yeah. I I don't think we've ever had up to this point. I I know at one point I, I made a reference probably when we were watching uh, Ken Burns baseball, but uh, at one point the the owners uh, of the Yankees and Red Sox got a little bit tipsy uh, one night, and they actually yeah. agreed to trade Ted Williams for Joe DiMaggio, and the next morning they both woke up and realized that was the worst idea uh they could have ever had but a hall of famer for a hall of famer and and so these next two not yet but i think eventually they will be yeah so and this is one where i do think you've you've got to just kind of tip your cap to both gms here uh padres get trevor hoffman andres berman and jose martinez marlins get gary sheffield and rich rodriguez so that's yeah, I'm with you. I think Sheffield's borderline uh, in terms of being a Hall of Famer, and then there's obviously then there's PED stuff that comes up and a few other things. But um, obviously a great talent, uh, certainly a, a star, star-level player for you know, Trevor Hoffman, who would become probably the second-best closer of all time. Yeah, yep, yeah, you can, you definitely can can make that yep. statement. And and Marlins win a World Series there with with Sheffield, and Padres got their definitive closer there, number fifty one, Hell's Bells. Hell's Bells. Kind of a win win. Kind of a win win for both. Another one where you got to tip your cap to both guys is this Padres Blue Jays trade in nineteen ninety, where the Padres get Fred McGriff, who should be a Hall of Famer. And Tony Fernandez and the Blue Jays get Roberto Alomar and Joe Carter. Wow, a lot of star power in that trade. I, I got to say, the, that was know, a huge one. Yeah, they lost Fred McGriff, but I feel like the Blue Jays, even without looking at the numbers specifically, had to have come out on top of that with getting both Alomar and Joe Carter. Well, Tony Fernandez was a very fantastic shortstop. And and in fact, probably would have, well, he did get a ring in 96 with the Yankees, uh, got injured early in the season, which paved the way for Derek Jeter uh, to to slide in there at shortstop. But Fernandez was 
incredibly talented and 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 both McGriff and Fernandez were kind of a part of that that back-to-back Blue Jays team McGriff was was traded uh by that point but Fernando uh Fernandez was was still with that squad and yeah again you got the Padres getting a Hall of Famer and and Joe Carter um you know they they give those guys up uh rather I had a reverse Alomar and Carter yeah. went right. to Toronto those guys won yeah. Uh, and so that's a, that was a win-win. And then, yeah. and then I think Padres turned around and they, they traded McGriff to Atlanta, uh, by that point and, and Fernandez went, went elsewhere, but yeah, Toronto, that that's, that's Pat Gillick for you right there. Another, another guy who's, uh, uh, a hall of fame GM right? with both Toronto, uh, and won a world series with the Phillies in 2008. So you mentioned the Jeff Bagwell for Larry Anderson deal. Now here's this one. That's fun. In 1987, Braves and Tigers. If you're listening at home or here in the comments section, tell me the person that John Smoltz was traded for. Say it out loud at home. Write it down. I'll believe you. Tweet at me. I will believe you if you tell me that you knew this person's name. Well, I did. Alexander. I I I said it earlier. I know you did. (laughs) I was going to say. Yeah, honestly, I only know him for that. I That's honestly, why you know him. This I is don't, the reason you know him. And you know, I, I know Sam Bowie's name. Yeah. I, I read a very, fair amount of books and I, and I, you know, you, you read articles and everything. I've honestly never come across his name uh, at, at any other point. I, I've never even thought to, to look him up until right now. I'd be like, oh, actually, you know, what was his deal uh, at, at that point in his, his career? Was this a trade deadline kind of situation? I'm thinking it probably was. And, John Sheerholtz, another Hall of Fame GM, you know, totally fleeced Detroit on that one. Yeah. It it it's an it's an all time great. I mean, I think that one's that one's up there with with uh, Baltimore um, getting Frank Robinson from Cincinnati for Milt Pappas, I, I think, and right. basically he was on the wrong side of thirty, and they said ah, trade. It is it's true. You do want to trade a guy too early rather than too late, but Frank Robinson had a lot more baseball left in him and, and Cincinnati missed out on that in a major way. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's what we like to call a, a whoopsie <laughs> and a, an old whoopsie. Uh, and not, well, this one's maybe not as big an old whoopsie. <clears throat> it's still an old whoopsie though. The Cubs and Phillies 82, the Cubs get Ryan Sandberg <laughs> and Larry Boa. The Phillies get Ivan to Jesus, who's so it's like no, there's no bad players in this, but Ryan Sandberg very clearly stands out, one of the greatest Cubs of all time, if not maybe, maybe I mean Ernie Banks, and then what? He's probably second. Sandberg. Uh, um, you have to ask a Cubs fan. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> maybe uh, Billy Williams was, uh, you know, an, an all-time okay. great, yeah. uh, more modern guy, and then and then you got. Again, Tinker Stavers and Chance. You got those early guys, Hack Wilson, Gabby Hartnett. But but Sandberg's up there. In fact, if if you ask Michael Jordan's kid who who their favorite number twenty three was in Chicago during the the eighties and nineties, right. they would have said Ryan Sandberg. Like they were right. actually big Cubs fan and big big Sandberg fans. Uh, oh, and, and before you get to the next one, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. As I was flipping through just to make sure if there were there were other players in that Frank Robinson deal for Mill Pappas, but he was the centerpiece. Uh, I realized that in 1971, <laughs> Frank Robinson uh, was dealt to the Dodgers for uh, a package of players, one player of which was Doyle Alexander. No. So, <laughs> I, 
So here we go, live uh, on the BMGR Rockies pod, podcast. Doyle Alexander was traded for two Hall of Famers. Who is this person? Can we track him down? Can we get him on the podcast? No. Uh, he, wow. He was also traded for Tippy Martinez, who uh, went to school at Colorado State, was a, was a Colorado product, uh, was traded for a guy named Pepe Frias, who I don't know who that is. The Count of Montefusco, John Montefusco. Wow, that's a, that's a that's a pretty good career. I don't know how many guys were traded for two Hall of Famers. That's amazing. Wow. Uh, so something that you don't see a lot. Uh, well, I guess well, I'm skipping over one. Well, I'll come back to it because I've already set this one up, and it also took place in 1971, which is where we just were. Is not only the Hall of Famer being traded. But the Hall of Famer being traded not for a package of players, as a part of a package of players, which is what happened to one of the greatest pitchers of all time when the Angels acquired Nolan Ryan and Frank Estrada and Don Rose and Leroy Stanton. And the Mets got Jim Fregosi. I mean... Matt, great great manager sometimes but that's a uh, great great manager that's that's got to be in contention among the worst trades in the history of major league baseball or most one-sided i guess if you want to put it that way yeah yeah you know he kind of just hadn't really lived up to the to the billing you know did win a world series in, in 69 with the mets but but ryan at that point was ah, is he gonna is he gonna figure out is he gonna get it together uh yeah, he did. Uh, he he absolutely did <laughs> did get it together, and you know I'm sure the Mets would uh, have loved for him to pitch a little bit more in 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 Queens, <laughs> right? Just just a little bit more. If you want to go into the wayback machine, by the way, Christy Mathewson being traded for Amos Rusi, Hall of Famer. Yeah, two, those are two Hall of Famers traded for each other. So there you go. Yeah, he was he was early in we his gotta career. Go back to 1900 to find it. Yeah, that that was early in his career. Uh, Randy Johnson was traded for uh, former Boulder Collegians uh, lefty Mark Langston. Again, another guy, yeah. kind of very similar to Nolan Ryan, where Randy Johnson didn't really know where the ball was going, and Montreal just didn't feel like waiting around. They knew they had something, but they didn't want to wait. Langston had a very good season, and I want to say maybe 87, and yeah, then Johnson went on to be possibly he possibly is right now the greatest left-handed pitcher of all time. the greatest living left-handed pitcher of all yeah. time yeah yeah it, it just uh yeah it's the it's the horror story opposite of the the parades and prospects thing right it's like oh maybe should have held on to that prospect <laughs> nolan Six ryan too ten. both of these guys yeah uh, nolan ryan and, and randy johnson are cautionary tales the other way i guess john smoltz as well um getting moved pretty young there and it's like whoops Cubs Cubs had Lou Brock traded for yeah. early Brolio. Yeah, I had someone in the comments coming up with that one. Yep, that's bad. Uh, I, our boy Dan Evans yesterday in our uh, Sabre uh, meeting talked about how he was a part of uh, trading Pedro Martinez. Oh, no, it wasn't him. No, it was Tommy Lasorda. That's right. right. Uh, Tommy Lasorda had traded you know, Pedro Martinez. He actually came up as a, as a Dodger, and you know, they did not get a great package in, in return for him. They would have loved to have had that one back. They traded the wrong Martinez, brother. It should have been Ramon they got rid of and not Pedro. Yeah. 
This is one I didn't know that a 1939 Pee Wee Reese was traded for 35,000 bucks and a couple of players to be named later. Like that's yeah. again, like what? <laughs> I, I know everybody loses their value at some point, but surely he had plenty of value. And uh, yeah, that just <laughs> like, that's, at right. least they got players. The, yeah. the Red Sox only got $20,000 for Babe Ruth. Right. Right. To produce no, no, Nene. Most famous one of all time. Pretty much, yeah. So I mean, I technically that's that's not a trade, but it's definitely a transaction that between yeah. two teams. I mean, there's not very many transactions between two teams that that aren't a trade. So um, Red Sox would probably like to have that one back. Right. Oh, <laughs> and then I just realized we got to find this really quick. Larry Walker. That's right. I got to remember the exact details. Let's see who, who, yeah. Who the heck did the Rockies get from St. Louis? Was it Jose Jimenez? They probably got, sounds plausible. They probably got about two players there. I think, I think we learned uh, again, another reason why you want to pick up if these walls could talk by Drew Goodman. He talks about, I think two different deals that were on the table that kind of got kiboshed. Uh, One of them included, Ian Kinsler, when he was uh, a young prospect with Texas, might have changed the Rockies' uh, history. Uh, had they had they made that deal, who did who did they get, Drew? Who did the Rockies get for Larry uh, Walker? They they got players to be named later, and I don't He's, know who they ended up being. That guy uh, gets traded a lot. <laughs> yeah, all the time, and of course Jason Birch, Luis Martinez, and Chris. Narvison. Hey, yeah, that's the name I know. Yeah. I, I, I when just looking at it, I was like, I think I remember Luis Martinez. No idea what happened to Jason Birch. No idea who the players to be named later ended up being. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, it, I think a lot of times with players to be named later, uh, if, if, if that information is available, they do put it in baseball reference. Like, hey, this was the guy. But then um, if if a player to be named later isn't actually selected, the team can just get money. So the Rockies probably just said, ah, you know what? The, these other bums you're offering up, we'll just take we'll the just cash, whatever money. it is. It might have been, if I'm reading this right, Narvison actually might have been the player to be named later. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's the only that's... name that I recognize. Yeah, Luis Martinez... <laughs> Never suited up for the Rockies. Jason That's... Birch never did. He's never oh. he he never made it to the majors. In fact, and Chris Narvison also never played with the Rockies. So there we go. Rockies got nothing for Larry Walker. But to be fair, I mean, at that point in his career, you know, he was he was 30, really close to free agency. Thirty-seven. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was thirty-seven. Years and um, I, I do think that they got out from like a, a bit of money or whatever, but you know, oof, still trade a hall of famer and get zero people back. Whoever play for your team doesn't feel good. <laughs> Never. Yeah. They, they did not. Contribute. That's what it was. I couldn't remember. Will they used it to sign Dexter Fowler. So that's the best thing you got out of the Larry Walker trade was the, the signing of Dexter Fowler, which, that's even a roundabout. Like that's <laughs> like that's the best argument. I don't even know how you could uh, how you like, certify that. Like how right. it's like the best thing to come out of the Troy Tulowitzki trade might end up being Robert Stevenson. 
<laughs> yeah, Chad, like, or Chad what? Smith. Don't forget Chad Smith was traded that's for right. Jesus Tinoco, and he's right. now back. That's right. And Tinoco, could, where is – no one knows where he, in the he's, world. He resigned. He's, he's back right. with the Rockies. He's back in them, yeah. Still out there. All right. Well, if you love something, you got it. If you love something, you trade it to the Marlins. <laughs> and if it was meant to be, they will come back on a minor league deal. <laughs> they, they, will, they will come back. Forget who said that. I forget. Yeah. Right. Keats, I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, this has been fun. Let us know if there's any that we missed that you want to, you know, just talk about. Or there, there's so many just wild random things that have happened over the years. Those of you who've gotten us more recent stuff. Uh, sorry, Liam, we see you. We hear you. We're getting those emails. Uh, I want to get back to you. We're, we're going to do full free trade Fridays coming up soon. There'll be plenty of time to building up in the, into the regular season, uh, spring training, not too far off to get into all that stuff, really dive back into the Rockies and, and everything going on. But we do still have a little bit of hall of fame stuff coming your way at the beginning of next week. On Monday, the big reveal I know you've all been waiting for. Patrick and I will share with you who we would vote for if we had our votes for this current ballot. Uh, we can get into the debates about some of the people who we would vote on differently. And I know there are several names that Patrick and I uh, would vote differently on. So that'll be a fun and interesting conversation. Then we got stuff going on uh, through Wednesday. Should we plug next Wednesday's guest yet? Or should we make people follow us and do all that? Yeah, we got somebody locked in there in the Rockies world that everybody seems to love. Like I, I was talking to someone today, and they're like, "I love this guy. Yeah, he's your best." I was like, enough. "Wow!" I was like, "Okay, I, I wasn't sure you were following that closely." And you're like, "Yeah, you can't not love this guy. He's huggable. That's our hit. There you he's go. He's very huggable. Although I don't think I've, I've ever given him a hug, and it might be a while until I do. Yeah, I was say, I'm not sure I have either, but I imagine it would just be nice. Just be nice. So oh, one of the most huggable. He's a great hugger. People that we know. Coming down to the show on next Wednesday. Make sure that you're subscribed to the DNVR.com so that you don't miss out on any of the written articles in the meantime, that you get bigger you know, beer when you come down to the DNVR bar, all kinds of stuff going on now. So RSVP, we're keeping it safe. We're keeping people at uh, capacity and, and socially distanced and all of that stuff. But we are throwing some parties out there for the Nuggets and Abs and buffs going on and for fights, things like that, big UFC fight. This weekend, some people might have money on DraftKings on, whatever. Come down, watch it at the bar, uh, all that stuff. And you get to hang out with us in our private chat room. We call it the Discord, the lounge. You get to come and hang out with us, talk about movies and music and pro wrestling and skiing and hiking and, uh, you know, all the things that you're interested in all the time. We're, we're, we just love hanging out with everybody, being a community here and getting to do it all the time. I'll see you again for the Avs game tonight. It just... We're all out here doing the thing together. When you subscribe to the DNVR.com, you get all that stuff. So other than that, we can only ask that you continue to be absolutely awesome out there. We promise you that we will continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.